Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. Hello, folks. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, a social media examiner production. I'm Jeff C. And I'm filling in with for Eric Fisher today, who's got a much needed vacation. So we're excited that he is able to take some time off. But I'm here with the super smart and lovely Kim Reynolds. And I'm very excited to be hosting the show today. This is the show for marketers looking to stay on the leading edge of social media. We cover social media news that broke in the last few days. And let me tell you, there was a ton. So let's get cracking, Kim. Um, okay. And once again, this is brought to you by Social Media Examiner. And today we're going to explore Facebook's new subscription service for creators and pausing messenger chatbots. What? Yeah, we're going to talk all about that with Luria Petrucci. And we're talking about Facebook privacy updates and more breaking social media marketing news of the week. Uh, we'd love for you guys to drop in your questions or comments here on Facebook and Crowdcast if you're on Periscope head on over to those channels. And you know what? We would love for you to share this uh, on the socials, wherever you're at, share this out. It really does help us out. And we love to bring this show to you uh, as a service every week. So Kim, here we go. Let's get started. Ready? Buckle up, because here we go. I'm going to bring on our guest, um, who is always super knowledgeable about this stuff. Luria, Luria, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be back. Yeah. So Yay. the first part of the news we're going to talk about is this Facebook testing monthly subscription service for creators. And I know you're a creator. Well, all of us actually are creators if we're doing this stuff, yes. to be honest. So yeah. um, what are your thoughts about this kind of break down the news for us about this new creative service that they've been teasing? So Facebook announced uh, several different things to help engage your community. Um, one of the things being like a leaderboard and a badge for your most engaged fans. Um, a few other little things like that. But the biggest thing was the Facebook subscription program where you as a creator, a, a content creator, and can, can actually make money from your viewers, um, where your viewers actually pay $4.99 a month to subscribe to your show. And you actually, as a creator, you get all of that except the in-app update or the in-app purchase mm -hmm. percentage that Apple or Google would charge you. And that's 30%. So you would make about $3.50 per person per subscriber. Um, and Facebook is not taking any percentage of that to be clear. It is only coming out of the in-app purchase from Apple or Google. So that is the news at its base level is that you can now make money. Well, not now. <laughs> 10 people. <laughs> 10 people. <laughs> They're only rolling out for 10 creators to use this feature. Is that what, what I heard? Yeah. Really? Exactly. Okay. Slow down, Facebook. So it'll take it'll take quite a while. Exactly. Slow down. You know the way Facebook goes. 
it could be another year before they roll it out to anybody else. I mean, who knows? It's a it's going to be a slow, slow process, but they're testing it. So, is this? So would you compare this to like Patreon? What they're doing, um, or it's is it just like an open tip jar? Because from what I understood, there's not like levels that you can have people subscribe. It's just kind of mm-hmm. like here's a subscription. If you like us, join. You know, subscribe to us. Correct. It's much more like, you know, getting money from YouTube or the most direct comparison, to be honest, is Twitch, uh, where Twitch streamers can actually get uh, can get money based on a subscription. So it's pretty much the same exact model as Twitch has. Um, And so you can't you can't set aside different levels. You can't do any of that stuff, to be honest. You know, this is cool and all, and this is a good movement forward into community. But the problem that, you know, I have and we have with with the Facebook community and creator uh, movement mm-hmm. uh, is that it's not much of a movement yet. You know, they're, they're very, very slow to roll out stuff that we can actually engage our community with. And, and it's not as... It's harder. It's harder for people to engage their community, even though Facebook says that's the most important thing. Right. Uh, Tim Lewis Mm -hmm. asked in the comments, is this gated content? Is this is there going to be a way to have they even said that yet? How how people are gated or whatever? They haven't clarified that yet. It doesn't appear to be from what I'm seeing. Um, and so I, I think that it's really just an open platform, a tip jar, as you said. And so, you know, you can either help, you can either subscribe to your viewers or you can um, not and you can get the same content. Gotcha. So you are you kind of have the thumb on the creator community. I know a lot of people in your space and a lot of people who, you know, are in your uh, community um, think about this. So what are, what are their, what are their thoughts? Mm-hmm. Do they think this is like too little, too late, or are they going to try it? What are you, what do you kind of feel like the atmosphere is about this? So I've been a creator for 12 years online, um, building communities in various ways. And, uh, also in the business world for the last few years. And, and it's interesting. What I think that we have to pay attention to right now is that the creator world and the business world are meshing in a big way. And you, you as a business owner, you have to think of yourself as a creator for, you know, like first and foremost, because as a, and you have to start paying attention to like, you know, people get upset because like there are these YouTubers who are getting millions of dollars and they're creators. That's what they're classified as. Um, but they're making more money than most businesses online. Right. (laughs) And there's a reason for that because they are actually doing community you know, they're, they're paying attention to their community. And because of that, people are willing to pay them and YouTube and, and people are willing to pay. So what's interesting is that um, one of our properties, Geeks Life, uh, is more of a creator type community. It's geeky tech right, reviews right. and stuff. Awesome. And we... <laughs> 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 we are actually moving that property over to Twitch entirely. So still using Facebook and YouTube, but Twitch is where we're housing that primarily. And everybody's like, wait, what? Twitch? Twitch is no longer for gamers. For the last year, Twitch has been really pushing hard to expand their audience and expand their content on the platform. 
And I got to tell you, when you pay attention to community and when you are thinking about how you can engage your community and how you can build a business from your content online, Twitch is doing community, right? It's very gamified. It's very participatory. Um, there are a lot, a lot of features over there. So we're testing the market over there um, now that that's kind of opened up and stealing some of the things that we could do with community over there and maybe using it on the live streaming pro side on Facebook and YouTube, you know, things like that. So it'll be a very interesting landscape over the next year. Very, very cool. Well, we have a question from uh, Sherry Miller over on Facebook, and she asked, you know, define creator. So um, there may be some confusion mm. about what that term really means. Yeah, and I'm. this is something I'm diving deep into on next Tuesday's episode for, for my community as well, because I, people are very confused about that term creator. To be honest, there are very slight differences between creator and business online. Creator, most people think of as a broad term for just somebody who's a YouTuber, who's just throwing vlogs out there. I don't subscribe to that definition. What I think of a creator is, is as somebody who is putting content online and engaging a community, not just pushing content out there, but a creator is really somebody who is putting content out there in order to create a community, in order to have that engagement, which is the most important thing if you want to make money online. Very, very cool. So can you kind of um, like maybe rank? All, so you have YouTube. Now we have this Facebook thing that they're teasing for 10 people, which is great for them, I guess. <laughs> And then, uh, you know, Patreon. So how does it break down monetarily for, I mean, is there one that you're like, I can make a lot more money on YouTube versus this Facebook thing or Twitch is where it's going to really be at where the money's going to come from kind of break those different platforms down for us. Yeah. So, well, Facebook, obviously, you know, not non-existent yet right, for right. everybody, but 10 people. Um, secondly, YouTube is, um, you know, it, it basically, uh, Penny, I think I think it breaks down to a penny a, a, a thousand per a thousand people, yeah. um, and or thousand views on YouTube in terms of revenue that you can make. But with super chats, you can make a lot more. So super chats are a way that you can really allow your community to just throw money your way. Right. <laughs> um, and there are some really interesting things that are going to be happening with super chats um, as well on the YouTube platform. So that is a possibility if you're engaging people and you have a large audience on Twitch, uh, the, 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 the revenue split is 50 50. Um, and then it actually is gamified as a creator on that platform so that you can, as you get more and as you do more on the platform, you can actually increase that to about 70%. Some people are making, um, for the creator in terms of revenue split. So by the way, I, I think it's important to say Twitch isn't for every business online just yet. Like that's, it, it's an interesting, thing and that there are some like DIYers, artists, people like that, it is a great platform for um, and like tech and geeky kind of stuff. Like those are great platforms. It will expand soon um, into, I think, even more businesses. But uh, does that does that answer yeah, your question? Yeah, that's awesome. So um, what can I ask you a question yeah, real quick? Sorry. <laughs> what do you think motivates people to actually give to 
to mm-hmm. want to put their money out there for something they can still get for free? That's a great question. And, you know, I got this question on my stream the other day, but I'm a business. I want people to buy my services and my products. Um, yes, of course you do. You want to use live video to get them to purchase from you and to engage with you on that deeper level, which is totally doable. But the people who are giving in this way and this manner are just super engaged fans. They love what you do. They are connecting to your personality. The more personality you put into your your live videos or your community or your pre-recorded videos or whatever content you're putting out there, the more personality you put out there, the more community you are building, the more they're willing to give to you. And that is a really important distinction because so many businesses try so hard to be professional and you should be professional. I try and be very professional with my, you know, look and feel of my videos, but there's a difference between professional and stiff and right. professional right. and personality. Right. Right. You can be professional and still have a personality. And I think 100%. a lot of businesses get choked up on that because they don't know what their personality is or what it should be. Exactly. And that is what people are connecting to. That's why, you know, I mean, my world is live video, right? But that's why live video is so, so popular right now is because people want to engage and connect with a human being, not just a brand. Yep. Agreed. So um, do we know, somebody asked over on Facebook, if, um, do we know how many uh, do we know any of these 10 people that the Facebook people are, are letting it test it out? Do we know unfortunately that not. Unfortunately not. I would be at their door right now stalking uh, them. Yeah, just to see what it looks like. I mean, I, we don't know if it's yeah. tied to watch pages or any of that kind of stuff. So it's really, it's really right. interesting other stuff. So that's great. So this really rolls in kind of, you know, Facebook's making all these changes and, you know, creators, mm-hmm. but then all of a sudden, um, <laughs> They paused chatbots last last week. I mean, this week. Was it this week? It all rolls together. I don't this know. Week. So <laughs> what is going on there, Lurie? I know you, you guys talked about this too, because you guys use this a lot for your live video stuff. And so I know that this ties in and affects how you do things as well. Yeah. So I, what I, what I refer to as messenger bots used in live video, I call them live video bots. And this is something I teach. And this is something I encourage, um, in a good way to really create engagement, create community and actually lead people to the sale. Um, and so these are huge for, for me and my students and my community and, um, Facebook announced because of all of the privacy stuff going on, they are in deep doo-doo right now, as we all know. And they are, um, they said, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to basically audit the process of bots and look to see if anything is you know, any data is being misused and uh, look to see if what what uh, heightened terms we need to put into place. So essentially, they're expecting about two to three weeks of pause in just while they do this audit, um, where if you are currently using bots, you are fine, by the way, if you already have your page connected to mini chat or chat fuel or whatever service you're using if you already have your page connected to the service that does the bot then you should be fine you're good to go keep keep on as normal 
if you haven't started yet and if you haven't made that direct connection between bot and service or page and service, then that's where you're going to have to just wait and see what happens. Now, they do say that they will have these heightened conditions and rules and regulations um, with the service itself, not well, it, it trickles down to you. So there, there are new rules and regulations, whatever these will be, will be with the service itself, like Minichat, for example. Okay. And then what they are going to have to do as a service is trickle down those rules and regulations for the users, for us. So we don't know what that looks like just yet. Gotcha. So just to be clear, to, to kind of reiter reiterate, is that if you have a bot right now, you're still okay. You can still use it and it's still working. But if you are like... You know, you went to social media marketing world and you heard all this stuff about bots and you hadn't connected to your page yet. You're going to be in a kind of a holding pattern until they turn that back on. Correct. Exactly. OK, exactly. Yeah. But now is a great time to start paying attention. Who's doing bots? Well, who's not doing bots? Well, right. And like start integrating yourself because they will come back. Um, I have no doubt that they'll still be there, I could be wrong, but you know, I have no doubt that it's still going to be a thing, um, but that they'll just have different, uh, slightly different rules potentially. Uh, so right now, if, if you did go to social media marketing world and you're like, I've got to do bots. I know a lot of people came up to me and <laughs> right. said that at social media marketing world. And, um, and so if you didn't take that action, like Jeff said, then you want to start just being aware of what the right things to do are so that you're prepared and ready to hit the ground running when they come back. Can you go ahead and go inside of like the, the developer and like create your flow chart or is it like just, you can't even do that yet? I mean, yeah, I don't think many chat, like many chats is the service I use and recommend. So that's the one that I'm most familiar with. Um, I don't think that until, I don't think you can do that until you connect the page. Gotcha. So unfortunately you can't probably build it out. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so one of the, so, what about if there's uh, there's some um, kind of gray area, you know, how much can you edit on your bot? I mean, like, can you just are you if you have a bot, should you just be hands off? And like, I can't make any changes because I don't want to lose my access. You know, uh -huh. How much can you like if, if there's a you know, you want to make a little setting or tweak or whatever. Can you do that? Or are you like, I'm not going to jack with this because I don't want to lose my, my right. place in line. I guess. <laughs> That's been my fear. I haven't touched mine at all. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the thing that seems to be that that specific gray area is if you log out and log back in um, or if you make a setting change to the page connection. Um, so don't change any of that stuff. But in terms of the bots themselves, I've been using them all week uh, on my live videos and they're going smooth. I haven't been kicked out yet. So keep keep creating new bots or you know uh, using the same ones that you have that's no problem but the moment that you log out and log back in or go to a different computer and try and log in from a new computer that might screw you we don't know um you know it's, yeah. it's kind of that part is an unknown so settings like actual settings or logging in and out is a no-no okay and yep. so um and we, we don't know the time frame. You've kind of guesstimated it was like two or three weeks. And I know uh, yeah. ManyChat has created a bot to tell you when the bots are active again, <laughs> which is kind of meta and a little bit scary. It's almost like, good morning, Dave. Your bot is ready. <laughs> you know, it's kind of freaky a little bit. 
but I still think that's pretty cool how they did that. But so, Kim, what do you think about all this? I don't want to, what's your uh, kind of reactions to, you think Facebook's freaking out and, or, or, I mean, you have a bot. So what are, what are you waiting for? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that it was a bold move by Facebook to do this and definitely caught everyone off guard. And it just goes to show how they are kind of running scared right now. It's like they're they're pulling everything just because they when you combine this with all the changes they've made to their ads platform and all the other changes we're going to be talking about on the show, you realize they're just like we don't know exactly what to do, but we're going to let everybody think that we're doing everything possible. Right. Even if it's not necessary, we're going to do it and then redo it. So I, I feel like it's a little bit of overkill on Facebook's part and they're going to hopefully calm down and bring this stuff back. It's It almost feels like a PR move, like they're trying to show the investors and show the outside world that yes, they're super, super concerned about privacy and your data matters so much that Mark's not sleeping at night. You know, he's (laughs) (laughs) so, (laughs) so that's what I feel like all of this is. And that we, the users have to just be patient and wait it out and everything will slowly come back. Very, very cool. So Loria, thank you so much for breaking this news for us and coming on the show. So where, when if people want to go, hey, I want to know about these bots when they come back and I want to use them with live streaming and all that stuff, where can they find out more about you? Uh, I'm at livestreamingpros.com and we have a weekly show every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Pacific. And uh, if you want to learn about actually getting started or improving your live streams, we have a free quiz. Not the same quiz that got at Facebook into trouble. Um. <laughs> what princess am I? I'm, what princess am I? Yeah. <laughs> what princess are you? I don't want to go Yeah, exactly. I don't want to go <laughs> Lori, thank you so much for being on the show. Appreciate it. And we'll talk to you later. Bye now. Thanks. Have a great day. Bye. Bye, Laurie. All right. Thanks, Laurie, for that. That's awesome as always. Um, And as always, we wanted to say thank you uh, for our sponsor, which is Social Media Examiner, if you didn't know that already. And we'd love for you guys to, if you found that interesting, that bot segment and everything that's happening with Facebook, if you would share that out on the socials, we would really appreciate it. And on with more of the news. So um, this is kind of interesting, Kim. This is right on all the other... Mm -hmm. Facebook stuff that we're going to be talking about today is this um, upcoming platform changing changes and they're having these stricter development policies. So um, what what is what does this mean? You're Miss Facebook. So tell me, what does this mean? (laughs) Well, in addition to pausing apps and chatbot review, that whole process. So you can't really do anything right now. Facebook announced that several other platform updates will take effect in the upcoming days and beyond. So there's going to be stricter policies in terms for B2B app development, more user control over what data those apps are permitted to access. Um, Facebook's conducting a full audit of any app with suspicious activity and making it much easier for us users to report any sort of misuse of that data that they find. Mm -hmm. So all of the people that go out there and they make a a living finding all of the the glitches. Yeah. So, um, and then speaking of that, you know, that it was just like one, a a teacher and his students who found the, the Cambridge Analytica thing. And, you know, and so they get a reward for that. 
Yeah. Their Facebook pays big money. So, you know, there's a lot of motivation out there for people to find suspicious activity or data misuse. So it's going to be interesting. But um, Facebook has said they're going to ban any developers that misuse personally identifiable information and notify users if an app is removed for that reason. So they have like a five step yeah. process that so they're going to go through to do this. Let's let's just, I'm going to run through those five steps. So just in, so people know what they are kind of the bullet points. Here. Yeah. They're going to conduct an in-depth review of the platform, uh, inform people if an app is removed for data misuse, encourage people to manage the apps that they use, require heightened terms for business to business applications. And they're like you said, reward people who find vulnerabilities, which is the bug bounty program, which I thought was cool. Yeah. And it's not like the yeah. working man's not coming to your house. It's actually like not bug bugs, but computer bugs. And uh, Tim um, in the comments says, you know, you mean I can't create my, which uh, social media marketing word speaker are you app? No, Tim, sorry. Can't do that. So that'd um, be fun though. It would be, but Facebook did says, we, we know these changes aren't easy and we believe these updates will help m- mitigate any breach of trust with the broader developer ecosystem. So like you said earlier, Kim, they are, um, so <laughs> making it sound like Zuckerberg can't sleep at night. I thought that was great by the way. So <laughs> yeah. So. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot. Here's a question for you. Yeah. As a Facebook user, what's the first thing that you should go do right now? Um, go play uh, a, a quiz that tells me what princess I am. <laughs> no, I think you should go download your data and see where everything is, where where you're getting all that stuff, because they made it easier now yeah. to, to do that, where you can download all your data and see what apps are using what, you know, what's being exactly. shared. So I think that's, that's yeah. good practices for everybody, I think. Yeah, and go into that little section in settings where it shows all the apps that you have connected that you didn't even remember and just start disconnecting them. It's not going to get rid of the data they've already collected on you, but it'll stop them from collecting other data. And, you know, then or you could log out of Facebook. Yeah, Jocelyn says she does that monthly. That's awesome. I wish I would. That's very smart. Yeah, but it's that's that is very smart. (laughs) She uh, probably changes her passwords too. <laughs> right, yeah, she probably, she yeah. Hey, that's props to her for doing that. That's that's the way to do I know. It. So, uh, in our next segment, we're going to be talking once more about Facebook. And do you kind of get a theme here that there's some privacy stuff going on with Facebook? I don't know if yeah. you, you've noticed that or not. But um, Facebook announced a uh, a new set of changes to its user facing privacy settings, and is rolling out the ability to manage, download, and delete any data that has been previously collected by Facebook across its platform. So what had happened is this stuff has already been here before, but it was like on 20 different screens that you had to go through. Right. Now they're making it a lot easier. You can kind of see here we're showing a picture of the mobile app and it's kind of basically on one screen. It's going to be a lot easier to use. And supposedly this is going to be available to all users in the coming weeks. Um, and so, you know, because they said some people may want to delete some things or, or like you said before, find out what actually what data is being collected and you can turn it on off and see stuff easier here. Um, one of the points, though, I thought was very uh, was very interesting is and they made clear to say this was that users still won't be able to delete data that they had given third party apps on the platform previously even though it was for reasons, you know, but that's, they agreed to it. That's our fault for doing this stuff. So, right. um, you know, I think a lot of people are saying, well, if I go do this, all my stuff will be safe, but you've got to remember if you've played those quizzes, you know, you know, what would I look like as a different gender or whatever? My, <laughs> my mother-in-law did that and sent it out. So I know she did it. Um, it's, 
that data is somewhere else. Facebook really doesn't have access to it. And so um, that's it's kind of scary, but you just need to know that as well. And that comes from Bloomberg. So what do you think, Kim? I mean, is this uh, is this just one more nail in Facebook's coffin or what do you how do you, do you think they're handling it appropriately or, or what are your thoughts? I think this is a good move. It makes it, it gets a nice, colorful interface. It, it points out everything, all the different ways that they've been collecting your information, the different types of information. But ultimately, like anything else, it's a user's responsibility. No one wants to read the terms of service. Nobody wants to go through all of that. They just want to click connect and, you know, go. But really, we need to take responsibility for our own data and understand that to a limited degree, we do have control, but it's a free service. Facebook, Twitter, all these other ones, they're a free service. We're using them and they're being developed somehow. The, you have to you have to know that your data is being used. Otherwise, how does this all come about and just get handed to you over for free? There's, there's always a trade-off. And what is that saying that if you can't identify the product, you are the product? Mm. And I, there's some sort of catchy little saying like that, but it's true. You are the product on Facebook and you're also the content producer on Facebook. Facebook's made up of all of our little posts, all of our seemingly innocuous moments in our lives. That's what makes Facebook tick. And of course, they're going to use the data to their fullest ability to be able to make money. And they have. And so we have to recognize that. And if you don't like it, you can change your settings or you can get off Facebook. Right. And, you know, that, those are your options. Yeah. So um, this ties right into our next section that we found some stuff in the wild that you guys may think is interesting that that ties in all to this this privacy issue that Facebook's dealing with. Um, they're in, unveiling a new comment privacy feature. And what that is, and it looks like this, it's actually like in a comment, there's a little like um, like lock icon that you can click on. And this was found by uh, Matt Navarra from The Next Web. And there's two different images here which show what this looks like. And then when you click on it, it looks like it kind of gets grayed out. And it seems to be that Facebook is testing a new privacy feature for comments. Um, right. So you can toggle between these two privacy settings for comments on public posts, open to the public or only visible to you and the profile or page owner. Um, and this was spotted in the UK and once again was brought by Matt Navarra. So um, what are your thoughts on this? Um, Tim says this could be so confusing. And I tend to agree. Yeah. Um, like, are, was that unless they make it really easy to know that this comment was locked or private or whatever, because so much happens in the threads, you know, it has to be color coded. Right. I mean, I mean, what are your thoughts on this? I don't see myself using it a whole lot simply because I've learned the hard way from things I've posted or comments I've made. I've learned the hard way that I have to be very careful what I say online because there are people watching. And so I don't know that I will I will ever really need this because I already monitor what I say. And but, you know, I guess if I guess this could be used in in lieu of a direct message to somebody, if you really had something you wanted that person to know, but you didn't want the whole world to see it, you could use this instead of a direct message. Um, that might be one use for it. But, it, you know, God forbid the time you think you're putting it on lockdown and you don't. And Right. Well, so. Tim makes a good point that if you post public, somebody could comment publicly and then someone troll them privately. So it's, you know, yeah. monitoring this is going to be really interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
I can see it, its use for like, hey, I, I just wanted to say this and I didn't want everybody else to know. I mean, it's if there, it's used in the right way, it could be something, hey, you know, your fly is down kind of a thing. You know, I just wanted, you know. Yeah, hey, lettuce you in know, your teeth. <laughs> yeah, you got lettuce in your teeth or whatever. I uh, just want to let you know that and not blast it to the world. So on stuff like that, I think right. it would be. It'd be helpful because it, it's just being, you know, being a good neighbor almost like, hey, I want to let you know this, but I Correct. didn't want the whole world to know it. Um, so I think yeah. that's kind of cool. But um, it'll just be interesting to see how people use it. And like Tim was mentioning in the comments on Crowdcast, um, if if we'll be abused or not. So, uh. Well, I think trolls like the attention. So I doubt that I don't see trolls wanting their comment to be private uh, because they they feed on that kind of mass hysteria in, in recognition. So I don't know that the trolling issue will be as big of a deal, but boy, you sure could get mean with that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you can. And Grace, uh, our producer, Grace Duffy mentioned in the comments, it seems it's like it's between the commenter and the original person posting, not commenter to commenter, but we don't have really any other info on it because once again, this was found in the wild uh, by Matt right. and we just kind of got a screen share there, but, uh, it's interesting. Well, that is a big distinction. That's yeah. a big distinction. So hmm. we will see what happens with that. And so um, once again, love for you guys to share this out on uh, the social media networks because we are getting ready to once again roll into some more Facebook news. And Kim, this is all you. This is this is big deal for people who are running ads on uh, Facebook. And at first you're kind of like, uh, oh, you're kind of like, this is a really big deal. So what's this is it's this is a huge deal. So Facebook plans to shut down third party ad data. And so Facebook announced that it's soon over the next six months going to be shutting down partner categories, a product that enables third party data providers to offer ad targeting data directly on Facebook. So right now, there's three ways to target groups of people based on data. You can go offline purchasing activity collected by these companies like Experian and Axiom. You can use your own information from your own company data, or you can use user activity and data collected by Facebook. So that's like the three broad categories of what kind of data you can use to target with ads. Well, over the next six months, Facebook is getting rid of all that third-party ad data, and you're going to be left with just using your own data or data collected directly by Facebook. And that's actually a really huge deal for people. If you're a small business and you don't have a bunch of your own data and you're going to be stuck with limited to completely just what data, what Facebook has collected. And you might think, you might think, well, Facebook knows everything about me. Well, in part, Facebook knows so much about you because of the third party data that they've gotten from Experian and Axiom. That's stuff like your your behaviors. Mm -hmm. Like when you go into ad, you're creating an ad and you're going to go on interests. And then say you go into behaviors like I want to target uh, people that are looking to buy a house or people that just had a baby or people that like to spend such and such amount of money on electronics or what right. that kind of data you're not going to have access to anymore. And that's, unless you're doing strict retargeting, that's going to really put a cramp in some people's lifestyle when so, creating ads. So I want to, I want to just clarify a point. When you say your own data, are you talking about data collected from the Facebook pixel and like e uploaded email lists? When you said small business. I'm talking like about your own stuff like okay. email lists and your own custom audiences that you create from your, you know, you can upload a list of people that have purchased from you or do people on your mailing list or 
you know, whatever stuff you provide yourself. And then, then there's the Facebook. And then also, I, I to be honest, like p- information gathered from your pixel. I'm not really sure whether that would be considered your own data or Facebook gathered. I would assume that it's Facebook gathered because it's using their pixel, but still that's, you're limited. You're going to be limited to only that. So So, somebody asked this on uh, Pam Curry on Facebook asked, was this third party data is, was only available in the United States? Um, And then somebody in in the comments said uh, it was never available in Ireland. So is this just a US thing or, or what do you know about that? Well, I know that the UK is going to be one of the first places to have it shut down. So I'm assuming that they've had, if not the the vast amount of data that the US has, at least some subsection of that. So, but everybody should be losing it gotcha. or will be losing it. Not should be, would be. And Jocelyn be. asks on, uh, on Crowdcast, she goes, should, should we start creating a lot of new audience to have for later or are those disappearing? Well, here's the thing. They even say that... Um, well, this is getting into another topic okay, that we're we'll, going to be we'll, covering. We'll cover that later, yeah, because that's a good yeah. question, though. So we're not going to forget that. It one. is a good question, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. okay, so um, this is third-party data that it's going away. And that, what's the timeline again where this is kind of disappearing? In the next six months. Okay, so we can still use it like today. It's just right. it's going to be phased kind of out, right? Yeah, correct. Okay. And exactly. can you give us once again, kind of some examples of the data we're going to use? And you mentioned kind of some real estate stuff. And I know like income, home value, shopping behaviors. What are some of the other ones that are coming? Um, those are those are big ones, but really anything that is based on consumer behavior, anything that these like, well, this Experian, Axiom, okay. anything, any way you use your money offline that you thought Facebook wouldn't know about. Somebody knows about it and they're telling Facebook. And, you know, these companies are looking to take a hit financially because Facebook would share the revenue with them. Like if you created an ad that uses that third party data, the money generated from that ad, Facebook shared that with the third party. Gotcha. So there's potential implications for those third parties there because Facebook is the largest advertiser digitally. So So that's a big deal. What does this mean for our clients? What would you like? I know you have some Facebook clients. And so what are what's going to help fill in the gap for those who don't have like this data, like the email list, like you were mentioning before? What kind of what can we start preparing our clients for? That's such a good question. And honestly, something that I've been racking my brain with. I'm thinking you're just going to have to get a lot better at finding maybe similar audiences on Facebook and get really good at um, using that audience insights and finding other audiences on Facebook that are similar to your audience. That's, I'm sure there's going to be better ways to do this, but that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Gotcha. Um, well, this rolls into yeah. that the second part of the the topic that we were, you know, we said, hey, hold on, we're going to answer that question later, is that Facebook's dropping audience reach estimates from custom ads. This is another big, huge deal for- um, right people who are, are doing these Facebook ads. So kind of break it down for us, Kim, you know, um, what's happening here with these custom ads? Well, there's been an issue with reach estimation for a while. Anyone who makes Facebook ads knows this, and it's been very frustrating that, you know, reach data is not available. But Facebook recently sent out an email to brands and advertisers and that 
saying they've identified a new technical issue with reach estimation for custom audiences. And this is for custom audiences that could potentially allow misuse of the functionality and it's removing the ability to see reach estimators for all custom audiences across all of its interface until issue can be resolved. And this is and this is something I'm going to try to explain how this came about in. So basically, when you create this audience and you see the reach estimation on Facebook, which was really helpful information because then you could decide your budget right. and because you you don't want to over budget. Otherwise, you're going to get crap thrown at you anyway. So you, if somebody could figure out where that number rounds to, if they could figure out that that rounding integer or whatever, they could potentially add one person at a time to the audience. And if they see the audience change up or no change, they would know if that person has a particular um, interest or categorization, like right. male or female or the whatever. It goes away. So being, you know, total. It does. Yeah. But if you think about it, this is... I can't even imagine people even doing this or how long it would take for a whole audience. You literally have to figure out that estimator integer. And then you have to go one by one, one on, one off, one on, one off. The time and expense. So, I mean, to me, it seems like overkill what they're doing, Um, but that's what they're doing. They're turning, they're turning that reach estimation off. And so, Oh, and then on top of it, they are putting a limit on how many custom audiences an advertiser can create during this time. And I've read articles like during a day, during one day. Exactly. Right. So that's not as dire as it may seem. It's not like you have a cap on all of them that you can create periods. Just during one particular day, you can only create so many. To keep up adding that one person and seeing what they are or not. Gotcha. Exactly. Exactly. But um, very good, Jeff. That's exactly what they're tracking with you. I'm, I'm you like, are. I'm, listening. I'm a good student. I'll tell you. You you really are a good student. And so it's it's really uh, they're taking away this reach estimates from a whole bunch of different custom audiences and they'll no longer be available in um, ads manager, campaign planner, audience insights, audience manager and the ads API. And where this um where this comes back to the other question about, oh, should we go and create a whole bunch of saved audiences? Mm-hmm. No. If you've created a saved audience that contains one of those custom audiences, it's removing the reach estimate. So creating saved audiences isn't going to help you. Gotcha. So that answered so. Uh, Dawson's question. But what about, yeah. is it limiting per page or per account, per ad account? Or is it, do you know the answer to that? I don't know if we know, do we? I don't know, but I'm assuming it's going to be per ad account because normally when Facebook does stuff, they do it on the ad account level. Like gotcha. they block you. They don't just block your page. They block your entire ad account. Gotcha. So, but that's, the, I, I don't know um, for sure, but my guess is going to be per ad account. Gotcha. So um, what it's going to tell us is not to just, you know, be playing around with custom audiences because you're limited to so many you can do a day. And mm-hmm. um, so if you're doing them for, if you have a big campaign, you need to start kind of thinking, okay, I can't just create custom audiences willy nilly anymore. I've got to really think, okay, I'm going to do this one. And then if I have to, I have to wait a day and then. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. Very interesting yep. stuff from Facebook. Um, and we've got some more mentions yeah. about Facebook coming up. Um, a couple of things here about uh, the local aspect of Facebook. So Facebook local news um, earlier this year, Facebook announced plans to um, 
prioritize news items from local towns or cities in the news feeds. And they had stated that this update will help local publishers have to cover multiple nearby cities, reach audiences in those cities, and connect people to local publishers from those cities. So they're trying to get kind of local source news to kind of show up higher on the news feeds and to reach audiences in those cities. So, um, and what they've kind of done is they've, they'll consider a publisher as local to multiple cities if the people in those cities are mo most likely uh, than the people outside of those cities to read articles from the publisher's website. So um, it's interesting. i kind of a big fan of this, um, Kim, because I think having, you know, I want to see more local news. I, to be honest, I don't go, I don't get the paper anymore. I know that's totally mm -hmm. old school. Um, yeah. But I don't even go to the local website unless I'm really like, oh, there's a restaurant that's opening or something's shutting down, you know. I, so There's I would like to see, in, yeah, I would like to see uh, more more local news. So I think that's very interesting. Um, but on top of this is in January, Facebook began testing a new section of the mobile app that connects users to a separate feed entirely dedicated to local news, and it was called Today In, and it was being right. vetted by local publishers in six U.S. cities. Well. Uh, they have now expanded that to test 25 additional U.S. cities over the next few weeks. And um, one of the ways you can find it is if you have, if you're in one of those cities, if you tap on that little hamburger thing on the mobile app, there's a section now called Today In, and you can see if you're uh, in that group. It's really funny. I'm in between uh, Tyler, Texas is one of the new ones, and Shreveport, Louisiana is one of the new ones, and I'm like the city in the middle. So I was trying to uh. see if I would get any of you know the local news. I still haven't yet. But um, one of the cool things, and this comes from me being a firefighter back in the day, um, they're rolling out these local emergency alerts that they're starting a small test with some first responder pages to help them communicate local alerts on Facebook and determinants of posts are an effective way to su uh, support established emergency alert systems, which I think mm -hmm. is really cool. Like if we ever have the power knocked out here, going to the power company's website is worthless. But if you go to their web page and read the comments of everybody else, who's like, I still don't have power, blankety, blankety, blank, you know, and it, it gives you an idea of what's yeah. happening. And so I right. think this is a great idea. Uh, and supposedly uh, a local alert indicator will appear in both the news feed and in the Today In section and in those cities where the Today In is currently available. So what are your thoughts about this, Kim? My thoughts are usually, okay, what motivated Facebook to do this? And <laughs> is this them limiting their liability because, uh, you know, global news or national news is getting them into too much trouble? So are they, they still want to be up on news, but now they're going to limit it to your local area thinking there's going to be less controversy. That's what I think about it. I, I guess I, I'm, I don't pay much attention to the, my local news other than when there is some sort of an emergency, like, if the neighborhood's on fire, which happened last last fall, or if, you know, something like that, I might want to go and check. And now, are they proposing to put out like an Amber Alert type of thing? They, if haven't, there's... they haven't really said, but I mean, I think that stuff would be helpful and anything, you know, it's almost like, you know, how they have, when they have the national disaster, they have the check-in kind of thing where people can say, yeah, yeah. which I think is a great service. And um I, I, th I mean, I don't, you know, I kind of wonder what, why they're doing it too, but also I know they want people on the on their platform. And so being able to right. check your local news on the platform, I think is something that would potentially keep a lot more people there and, you know, looking for their, 
for that kind of information. So uh, yeah. I think it's kind of interesting I, thing. It's uh, going to be in the newsfeed and on publisher pages. And um, they said their goal is to, you know, just connect publishers and local communities. So um, we'll see what happens with this. So if you want a list of cities, I'm sure that uh, Grace in that uh, link she dropped in there, it has them all. I don't want to list them all here, but uh, it's, it's expanding. So I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. So, it, I think that it could, I would be right. Yeah. So LinkedIn news, Kim, what's what's going on with LinkedIn? This is potentially some big, big news. LinkedIn has introduced native video for sponsored content and company pages, which is, wow, amazing. So LinkedIn is rolling out autoplay native video ads that will be featured as standalone posts in the LinkedIn's newsfeed. So these are going to be like Facebook video ads. And... They are also introducing the ability for businesses and publishers to include native video on their company pages. So you will be able to, if you go to your page right now and you go to post something, you should see or you may see a video option where you can upload a video to your page rather than just submitting a link and hoping that it pulls in nicely. So this is a, a really big deal. Uh both of these capabilities are rolling out now and will be available to all businesses in the next few weeks. And, you know, this probably the best thing about this is these, this video for sponsored content. The video lives directly in the newsfeed as a standalone post. It's, you know, not a pre-roll or post-roll video ad. It's a literal video that's going to go through the newsfeed as a post. And that's going to be able to garner a lot of visibility. In fact, LinkedIn's been testing the format with about 700 or more advertisers since last fall. And they said that these video ads get three times the, uh, the viewing or the engagement times are three times longer than those for regular sponsored content, which makes sense. It's a video. But I think that this could... I'm, I'm super excited about this. I, I love the idea that we'll be able to upload videos directly to the page, but more so, we don't do a lot with LinkedIn ads right now because they haven't been super beneficial. They haven't been, you know, cost effective mm -hmm. for us, but these video ads, that makes a huge difference. I'm super stoked. Do you so. think this is going to um, kind of, some people have kind of complained that they're becoming, trying to be more like Facebook than, you know, LinkedIn was like the professional network where you go to put your resume. And yeah. is this going to kind of dilute their market? Or do you think, because are you going to see all these ads show up in your feed and people are going like, I'm sick of LinkedIn and, and leave. So what are your thoughts there? Well, I think that, well, they've always had ads. So that's not going to change. I don't think they're going to suddenly dramatically increase the number of ads that you see. But I think that the ads are going to be more interesting and more engaging. And, it, you know, you have... A, Video as a medium gives you opportunities to show a whole other side of your business or say your message in a completely different, hopefully more relatable way. So I think that this can be nothing but good for LinkedIn. And I don't think it, if it does make it more like Facebook and the ad side, then hallelujah, because LinkedIn is needed to do something with their ad side. So in this, in this situation, I think it's a really good thing. Gotcha. Well, here's the, an, another Facebook, uh, piece of news that we're going to bring to you guys. And this is brought, this image is brought to you by uh, TechCrunch and they, Facebook is testing expiring friend requests. So what in the world is this? So it looks like Facebook <laughs> is testing 14 day time limits on accepting friend requests with a small group of users. And um, 
face uh, TechCrunch says that this is uh, a way to assist people with managing unwanting friend requests by eventually deleting those people you saw but didn't accept. So this is really interesting because mm -hmm. I know I have a lot of people. I'm like, I don't know who you are. And usually if I don't know the people or I haven't met them in real life, I just kind of leave them in, I guess, friends purgatory up there where they just kind of <laughs> exist, but not really. Um, so this is um, – there's like a 14 day countdown that goes on. Mm -hmm. Like you can see, it says you have 14 days to respond. You have 13 days to respond kind of like, uh, you know, you got to do this. And the funny thing is, is, you know, this does work. I mean, if, if you have a, you know, like a, a countdown timer on a landing page or whatever, it does cause people to do this. So it's either going to cost you to make it uh, a decision or, you know, delete these people, or it's really, really in interesting how this is, uh, is going to roll out. So just once again, this is only appearing to a small group of users and not to everyone. I have a theory on this. Okay. And my theory is that Facebook is using this as a way of identifying spam profiles because, you know, spam profiles and, you know, fake right. accounts are a big deal with Facebook. And I think that this is instead of letting somebody live in a, you know, purgatory forever, which doesn't give Facebook any feedback about that person at all. Mm -hmm. This you're given 14 days. And then as soon as you hit delete, it's going to say, do you know this person? Is this, you know, it's going to say something to that effect. Right. And that's going to be the way if they have these people getting rapid fire, delete, 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 that's going to be their way of flagging suspicious uh, profiles. Gotcha. That's so that's my theory. I, I don't know if that's true. Sylvia has a great question here on Kyrocast. She goes, what does that do to leaving unconfirmed friend requests able to view public posts? See, I always thought that too. So that's why I kind of left them in. Uh, friends purgatory up there. Um, so I don't know. So that's a great question. I don't know if they actually could. I know that was kind of a rumor that people would be able to view public posts, but I don't know the answer to that. But uh, that's a great question, Sylvia. Well, so, as far as I know, if your posts are public, they're public. people can see them, right. whether you're friends or not, or whether you're right. a pending friend or not. So I don't think it's going to have any impact on that at all, unless I'm misunderstanding something, gotcha. which, you know, happens. All so. right. So the next one, the next piece of news, we have another Facebook thing. And this is kind of interesting that I found uh, on the video cover image, Kim. So why don't you kind of walk us through that? Okay. So here, how it works is like um, you go to your profile and then you choose select artwork. And then you would ordinarily be you know, you would be given a whole bunch of different images to choose from. Right. Where now you can see you have videos to choose from also with these little video icons here. So you can choose a video to upload to your profile and it, you don't have to worry about coming up with your own video. They're giving you these yeah, generic. Yeah, yeah preloaded yeah. ones like Rippling Water and there's some other ones. So, yeah, yeah. that's the, the thing too. Um Pecky mentioned, she goes, it'd be nice if they allowed you to upload video. That's the thing. They don't. You can see here on the screen, uh, there's like a, a sky horizon and the, the stars are moving through the sky, but you don't have the option to upload your own video on profile yet. So um, right. it, it's 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 cool if you kind of want a generic one, um, but it's it doesn't really add too much functionality if you want to have your own custom profile background. So Well, I think that the uploading your own video should probably come relatively soon in that you can on business pages. Right. Exactly. You can upload your own. So, yeah. so yeah. So 
it's really weird that the uh, business pages got that first before profile. Yeah. So anyway. yeah, it is. It um, is. The next piece so. of news is uh, Pinterest. Yes, I host the show on Pinterest News. How cool is that? So Pinterest has rolled out a uh, new following tab. So what they have said is, um, in talking with pinners. They found that people only wanted recommendations while other people wanted to curate their feed. And most people wanted both because, of course, we all want everything we can. So now you have a choice to get inspired through personalized recommendations on your home feed or switch over to a new tab dedicated to the latest pins from people you follow. And so this new following tab makes it easy to see the latest pins from all the people you follow in the order that they save them. So this is really handy for people like me, because I have certain accounts I follow, like uh, Peg Fitzpatrick or Lisa Meredith. And I usually, because I can trust them, I pin their pins a lot. And being able to go over and click on this following tab uh, and see those and pin straight from there is a really helpful feature. Other In the past, I had to go to the profile and search. And this way, it's just one click. I'm there and I can share their content. So it's very, very cool. Um, this new feature is coming to, it's, it's supposedly rolling out to the web and on mobile for both iOS and Android. They say it's coming out in the next couple uh, weeks. Uh, I still don't have it yet, but uh, I am waited with bated breath for that to happen. So nice. next okay. Twitter news, Kim. This is going to be pretty exciting for all of us not um so <laughs> in 2015 twitter launched its official partner program and that's these elite they their word not mine there were elite set of companies that help brands increase return on their advertising campaigns they can gain brand insights scale customer care and etc well this week twitter announced that it's adding six new partners to this program these companies include Curelate, which is actually kind of cool. Curelate, Jebit, Vidmob, Vidzi, Animoto, and Social Native. So we don't know exactly, well, I don't know exactly what all of these various companies do, but I'm assuming that they're going to offer some unique solution that expands the advertiser's tool set that was not previously available. Right. So um, yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I shouldn't make fun of Twitter. No. I'm very glad that they're, <laughs> the, well, they're, they're, they're match up the companies with marketers. So they're kind of like being right. pairing and making sure that, you know, you're getting what you need for the, for the ads and stuff. So. Yeah. And Animoto, that's very cool. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even know there's, that. yeah, some familiar names and <laughs> social media market world sponsors. So go Animoto. Um, yeah. Very cool. So folks, that is our show today. Thank you so much for watching Eric Fisher. We'll be back next week. And I would really like to thank our guest, Luria Petrucci, for joining us today, and to Grace Duffy, our show producer, and of course, to the super smart and lovely Kim Reynolds, who does a great job uh, getting bringing us all the news today and uh, joining me on this crazy time we had with all the Facebook news. Um, we'd love for you guys to go sign up for our show. You can find our weekly show calendar. Uh, Grace is going to drop it here in the comments. It's at socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash live show. And don't forget, we have a podcast of this show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and new episodes are published every Monday. And thank you so much once again to our sponsor, which is Social Media uh, Examiner loves to bring you the social media marketing talk show where we have a, a blast bringing you guys the news. And thank you so much for all the comments that happened in the sidebar oh, here yeah. at Crowdcast and on Facebook and on Periscope. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, our next show will be on Friday, April 6th at 10 a.m. Pacific. 
Um, you can see the link here in the sidebar here at Crowdcast. And um, we'd love for you to check our show archives as well. And follow us, please, on all these platforms. Click on notifications. Share this out on Facebook. Do everything that you can with all those little buttons on all the socials. And we appreciate all you guys for joining us. And with that, thank you so much, everybody. And we will see you next week. Bye now. Bye-bye. Thank you. Happy Easter. Yeah. Have a good Friday. Good Friday. <laughs> the Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.